Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. My goodness, give it up for the ladies in the place with style and grace. Come on. Oh man, fantastic. Y'all enjoying church this morning? Goodness, you know, I'm convinced that more people would come to know Jesus if they knew how much fun you and I had. Come on, somebody. His presence is the best party. It is the most fun. It is the place where I feel the fullest, where I feel the cleanest, where I feel the most faith-filled. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? In his house is where I want to be. Come on. Well, hey, this morning, I want to do something a little different um, to, to start off just briefly, if you'll... Um, yeah, if you just go with me there. Um, but if I could get, um, did y'all love Evan's offering message? Is that so good? Um, Evan, if you just want to come uh, up to the front of the stage real quick, bro. Um, I just need to see you and rebuke you in front of church. Um, a little correction. Uh, <laughs> praise God. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Evan, and I don't mean to embarrass him, but just right now... Um, Man, I know how instrumental uh, prayer was for me. As a, I know people are going to think when I say young man, I'm still young. But when I was, when I was young and in my 20s, um, I was embarrassed just like this. But in that embarrassment um, was an assignment, was the birth of something in me that just couldn't be contained, that just couldn't be slowed down. And uh, no matter what life looked like or what I had to do to accomplish it, Man, God, he, he, he began a good work in me, and he's been faithful to take me along the journey. And, and honestly, like, I love this young man. This is Evan. He is uh, the husband to Amy, our worship pastor. Um, and not only was it brought to my attention that you have not received a Holy Spirit heavyweight shirt, um, because you, you certainly are. Um, he's, still, he's still wearing season one merch. But in saying that, um, bro, I just believe in you. And, and I, I'll tell anybody that I, that I can that I believe in Evan Davies. And I'm so blessed that you're a part of this church and a part of our ministry team. He's on our core team here at church, which is kind of like our board or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm just so grateful for your life and the mantle that's on it. And I just want to ask church to join me in praying over Evan um, as God just continues to stir the fire as he, as he takes you out of your job and into other areas. And um, yeah, I just love you, brother. So church, would you just send a hand forward if you feel comfortable and join me in praying over Evan. Father, I just thank you so much for this young man. Father, what an honor it is to, to have such a brother. And uh, God, I just thank you for his heart. I thank you for the fact that he is willing to lay down um, maybe what he feels he's owed. Maybe what he feels like he's worked for. Maybe what he feels like where, like he should be at a different place at, uh, at, his, at his age. I don't know, God, but he just lays everything down. He laid down where he was to marry Amy and to come and be a part of this. He's sacrificed, God. He has laid down at the altar. He is the definition of Romans 12 too, God. He is living sacrifice. God, I just thank you for a living sacrifice that continually puts himself back on the altar. He has the moments where he can climb down, but he lays himself there again, God. I'm just so grateful. So in this moment, God, we just impart ministry. We impart foresight. We impart more 
more empathy and more knowledge and more discipleship and all these things, God, that you've placed on the inside of him, God, more teaching, more words, God, more, more yearning and hunger after your kingdom and your kingdom alone, God, I just thank you, Father, that you honor and you bless our sacrifice when we come to you, God, with no other hopes and no other desires than to simply please and praise the name of Jesus, which Evan does. So we just pray over him as he leads him and Amy as they lead their lives here, as they grow in ministry here at Takeover Church. And God, everything that you begin in Evan, God, you are faithful to complete. And we just speak that forth. We echo that in the earth because all of heaven is saying and declaring it right now. So stoke the flames of revival in this young man. Stoke the flames, God, that you have placed on the inside of him. His dreams are fully alive in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for Evan. Amen. man what a legend oh how are you gonna fix that no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding uh thank you so much for for doing that with me church um we can get so caught up in the program can't we we get so caught up in the program that we forget the assignment we get so caught up in the program that we forget the prophetic we get so caught up in the program that we we put on church but we we kind of forget to be the church like this is so much more than just you know, a run sheet that I have too many copies of in my back pocket of how service is going to go today. It, it, this is the living, breathing body of Christ. This is the bride of Jesus. This is the city on a hill that cannot be contained. And sometimes it is just our honor to take our candle off our lamppost and light somebody else up. Amen. Y'all ready for the word of God? Y'all have a good time of worship this morning? Your heart's ready to receive? Woo! Come on, somebody. We are a talkback church, so holler back at me if I say something good or if I say something, ooh, you know, whatever, just holler back at your boy, okay? Don't let me feel alone up here, all right? We are, this is more of a monologue, okay? So, in, 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 you know, join in, as dialogue, join in, join in as uh, appropriate, obviously. Um, Scott likes to shout things at me that are just inappropriate, um, inappropriate, inappropriate. Stop, okay? I'm having a moment with the Lord up here, and my wife is trying to correct me. She obviously hasn't read Ephesians, and she needs to stop. So, no, I'm kidding. But, yeah, this morning, we are continuing our series, Game Changer. Come on, somebody. And obviously, we're going to continue the Game Changer proclamation. It's going to be up on the screen. How this works is I am going to say it, and then you are going to say it after me. Does that sound good? But there's a, there's, a, there's a hitch this week. You see, um, I need you to say it with your chest. I need you to say this like you got fire in your bones that you just can't contain. I need you to say this like you believe it and you are convicted of it. Amen? So come on, say this after me. Sorry. Here we go, here we go. He can do what he says he can do. He can do what he says he can do. Now I need that fire, friends. I can do what he says I can do. I can do what he says I can do. Praise him like you know it true. Wow. 
King Jesus, what, a, what, a, what an honor to be in this house. If you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message, I hope this strikes a chord with you, um, is None But Jesus. None But Jesus. Write that down. None But Jesus. And we're going to be coming out of the book of Romans. Y'all ready for the Word of God? Fantastic. Romans 5, 1 through 11. If you have your Bible, cool. If not, it is up here. Uh, but like Charles Spurgeon said, if someone's Bible is falling apart, chances are their soul isn't. So use your Bible frequently. Okay? Bring it with you. Romans 5, 1 through 11. Here we go. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Since we have been justified by faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of the Lord. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. No, it does not because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For those will, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners. Somebody say still. Somebody say still. Still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For, it, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We're going to pray and we're going to get into that. Sound good? Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. Father, we come to you right now. God, we are just, we're floored by your majesty, Lord. We are so grateful, God, that we don't come to God with our hat in our hands saying, please, sir, can we have some more? But your word actually says, Father God, that because of our inheritance, because of our adoption, because of this reconciliation, God, we get to approach the throne of God boldly and ask for anything in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you that we don't come with hat in hand. Instead, we come with heart in hand. And so this morning, Father God, we come with heart in hand. And we ask God, that you would just do a mighty work in these people, God. <laughs> God, that we would leave here today understanding that there is none but Jesus. God, we're so grateful for your son. Jesus, we're so grateful for you. So Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Move within your people. Change us, challenge us, grow us, and make us look more like Christ Jesus. And Father... We're so grateful for your patience with us. In Jesus' mighty name, a faith-filled church set. Amen. Come on. None but Jesus. None but Jesus. Somebody say it with me. None but Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I am just convinced today. I have been stuck with this inside of my heart, inside of my bones this week. I am so completely mad, fallen out of my tree, buck wild, crazy, completely persuaded and convinced and convicted today that if you and I 
we decided, honestly decided, if we determine, if we resign, if we resolve, if we decided today that there was truly none but Jesus, I am convinced that our lives will look like Scripture. I am convinced, friends, that today if we decided that, no what, in 2021, in the midst of being past the pandemic, going through the craziest election cycle, being Americans and living in this country, amidst all of the propaganda and all of the stuff, who's sick of the stuff? I am sick of the stuff. Good Lord. Our Instagram game might be cool, but I'm tired of Instagram. I am tired of Twitter. I am tired of social media. I am tired. How many of you know, this isn't even my notes, but I'm just tired and I'm sick of it, so I'm going to say it. Uh, how many of you know we were never meant to deal with all of the world's problems all at once? Like, that was never meant to happen, okay? Suddenly, it's just you and me and everything that's going on everywhere and just collides and then we have an opinion and then we're mad and then we're upset and then we're just this was never meant to happen i'm not saying that social media wasn't intended and that the lord doesn't use it don't get that what i'm saying is as human beings we were never designed to take on everything that's going around and allow that to bog us down and to have an opinion and allow it to just be like I don't live in Kuwait. I'm responsible for America. <laughs> like, praying for you, sending missions. Let's go. That's what we can do. We were never made to just take all of this on, on our shoulders. And I find myself so burden for the church in this hour. It's why it's called Game Changer. That's why we're saying these proclamations. That's why we're declaring this. That's what we are saying today is that there is none but Jesus. Amen. There is none but Jesus. I am all for America. I am all for the country. I am all for morality. I am all for all of these things that God is still and has always been for amen i am for it all but man if something begins to intrude upon the throne of my heart that is not lord jesus how many of you know danger ahead danger ahead it's lord jesus none but jesus the church has got to make this her declaration in this hour there are a lot of things I agree with in the world. There's a lot of things I don't agree with in the world. There's a lot of things I see in Scripture that I'm like, yep, God's heart is for this. And there's a lot of things in Scripture that's like, no, God's heart's not in that. And I get behind that, and I'm all for so many things that are going on right now. And I'm so against so many things that are going on right now. But at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, if it does not remain Lord Jesus, how many of you know it's beneath us? It's all about Lord Jesus. And for whatever reason, in the last two years of our lives, if we look at it, we have lived in such a way as the church, as the bride, as Christians, where we have allowed other 
names to sit upon the throne of the only one worthy to sit upon the throne of our hearts and his name is Jesus but we have slowly and steadily whether it's ourself whether it's a movement whether it's propaganda whether it's a president or a political candidate or whatever if it's not Lord Jesus it's not fit for the throne above us am I preaching to anybody this morning None but Jesus. I don't know why that resonated so hard in me this week. I don't know what I saw. I don't know what I found in my studying. I don't know what I found in conversations. All I know is that this continual and perpetual just onslaught of information and downloads and this app and this new source and all this stuff going on and I just felt burdened for takeover church this morning it's none but Jesus it is none but Jesus it's my hope and prayer today that you would leave here fully convinced of that you see, friends, right now we're, we just open up the Word of God and we see the Apostle Paul here. And I love the Apostle Paul. He's one of my absolute favorite people to have ever lived and walked the earth. And You see, because of the Apostle Paul, we have most of the New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament, how God used him and how Paul allowed God to use him really sets up how we see church and structure and services and things like this today. These are the same kind of meetings that Paul was meeting in at this time. He would have an intro and there would be worship and there would be addressing and there would be all these things and offering. And what we have today, truly the Apostle Paul was instrumental in setting up, except he would preach for 12 hours till a poor boy fell out a window and died. Like, it's in the Bible, you should read it. Um, his name is Eutychus, Buckwild Sword cool they prayed over him front and back it's good stuff someone's like you preach too long and i'm like read romans anyways uh <laughs> come on somebody somebody's like praise god um talk after class but here we have the apostle paul and man i just i think if you just heard everything i said right now about paul you'd be like what a man what a man of God, what a faithful individual, what, what an amazing testimony to what Jesus can do in a life and how he can use somebody. But unfortunately, man, the most powerful part about Paul's story isn't necessarily, to me at least, what he did for the Lord, but it's more what the Lord did for him. You see, the Apostle Paul, before becoming Paul, he was known as Saul. His birth name was Saul, and Saul was a Jewish man who grew up in Hebrew school and grew up under Jewish law, and he was educated, and he was so educated, and he was so about this order and hierarchy that he literally worked his way up into Jewish hierarchy at the time, and he was actually commissioned before this to go about and murder Christians. 
you and me. History would call him at the time followers of the way. He would go about city to city anytime he heard about a church meeting, and he heard about people preaching Jesus, anybody who had the little Jesus fish, you know, written in front of the sand in their house to signify that this is a safe place for followers of the way. Paul would hunt them down, drag them out, and stone them to death. That's what Saul did. Same guy that we owe this to. Friends, there's a question in my heart that's burning today. What could turn Saul into Paul? What could turn Saul into Paul? What could turn a murderer into a worshiper? What could turn a stoner, quote unquote, into the foundation of the early church? What could turn Saul into Paul? Was it Donald Trump? Was it Joe Biden? Was it the left? Was it the right? Was it America? Was it an institution? Was it an education? What could turn Saul into Paul? Was it CNN? Was it Fox News? Was it Reddit? Was it Parler? Was it whatever? Was it Twitter? There is one name and one man who has one bride and one body, and it's whom we belong to solely alone. There is one, and his name is Lord Jesus. Praise him. Make some noise for Lord Jesus. In 2021, we are heading fastly into 2022, and I don't want the conversation to remain the same because it has been this and that for too long, and I don't even look forward to the next election because I am sick and tired of seeing Christians devour one another. What does it profit a man to eat his own arm? I go armless just so I can fill my belly. This is dumb. It's called arrogance, conceit. God actually resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. That's what his word says. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? There is none but Jesus. There is none but Jesus. If Saul never encountered Jesus, he encounters Jesus on his way to go and persecute more Christians. That is his goal. That is intent. He is hot on the trail of the disciples, and his intention is to stone them, kill them, embarrass them, and to get the word out. And suddenly the presence of Jesus like 300 Spartan kicks him right off his high horse. Paul has a radical encounter with Jesus, so much so 
that he couldn't even remain going by the same name. Could you imagine such a redemption? What can bring such redemption to someone's life? What can bring such redemption that something could be dead and then brought back to life? What could change the first letter in someone's name where they literally go from being dead in sin and trespass and, and betrayal of God in heaven and all creation to now worshiping God in praising God in heaven, living for God in heaven, being imprisoned for God in heaven, being whipped and beaten, existing more times, leading the early church from a prison cell than I do from a pulpit. What on this earth could change Saul into Paul? And the church said, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The same thing that makes you come alive. The same reason you came to this house. The same reason you have community here. The same reason you come alive in the morning. The same reason you wake up every day. The same reason you have laid your life down at the threshold of the cross of Jesus. The same one that makes you well. The same one that gives you confidence. The same one that gives you courage. The same name that has redeemed you. Lord Jesus. We have lived in such a way for so long where we treated Jesus and following Jesus as an ornament instead of an ordination. He's become an ordinate around our neck. He's been an ornament in our homes. He's been the atmosphere and the ambiance that we put on with worship music, with people come over. And following Jesus isn't simply about ornaments. It's about ordination. You've been called. You've been summoned. You've been ordained. And friends, you were not ordained and you were not baptized from death into life by the left or the right. Come on, somebody. But by Lord Jesus. So Paul, what a man, right? What an incredible legend. But truly, he, much like Jesus himself, obviously Jesus being the Son of God, but all of this, all of these people, all of these moments in history recorded in the Word of God for you and for me, this all speaks to what a life can look like when there is none but Jesus on the throne of your heart. So Paul, he's, he's writing. I know, I kind of went, we went super serious so fast. So we all right out there? We good? I hope, it's, I hope it's not just serious. I hope it's sobering. I hope that this is a checkpoint in our Christianity, in our walk, in our relationship, where we go, wait a minute. I am wading through all this muck and mire that I don't actually have to wade through. That I can simply pursue Jesus, 
change according to his word and how he challenges my spirit. And I can just give fully over to the love and light and embrace of Lord Jesus. And the rest of this, it doesn't have to be my existence. So Paul, he's writing to Rome right now. You see, he's part of the early church and he's a big leader in the early church at this time and uh, I think history records that in this moment when he's writing the Roman letters he's actually in Corinth and obviously we talk about Corinth a lot because Corinth is torn up from the floor up amen like Corinth is the most buck wild place and yet here's Paul being awesome and he while he is managing and putting back into order the church of Corinth He's talking to the Corinthians. While he's doing that physically there, he still finds time to write to Rome and correct them and make sure they're on the right track. Can you imagine that would, like, both your kids have pooped their pants at the same time. Scott and Shani are going to know about that uh, pretty soon with twins. Um, but that's a lot going on, you know what I mean? Like, who do I, <laughs> come on. Good luck, Scott, praying for you. It's going to be awesome. He's like, I didn't think about that. But here's Paul. There we go, levity, come on. But here's Paul. And while he's in Corinth, he is writing to Rome. And I love the book of Romans. It's easily top three for me. And I know you hear me every week say, I love this book and I love that. I do. I love the whole Bible. But the, the reason I love Rome so much and Romans so much is that clearly it, it is probably one of the most clear-cut, cut to the chase, like, here's what it looks like to be holy. Go. And I love it. I love it. Give it to me straight. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't try and give me a chaser for it. I just want Christ as Christ is, not as Christ, uh, Matt wishes Christ to be. Just give me Christ as Christ is and let it change me. That's how I am. Amen? Am I preaching to anybody else? Uh, sounds good. Kindred spirits in here? Come on. And so he's writing to them. And I love it because he starts off by saying, let me see what it says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to pause right there. We have been justified through faith in Christ, been given a peace with God. Friends, I don't know what word you came to church looking for today. I don't know the heartache you've experienced. I don't know the struggles that you've had. I don't know what life has looked like. Maybe it's all happy dandy, and that's amazing. Wherever you are, I don't know what you came here for today, but I do know a word for every single person in this house under the sound of my voice and listening to this podcast at a later time is you have peace with God. If you love Jesus, if he is Lord above your life, if that is who you serve, if that is your Lord in heaven, you have peace with God. While the world outside these four walls may be at war with themselves, at war with God, while culture in America and institutions in the world and Australia and everything's on fire, okay? While there is turmoil and chaos, going on outside these four walls, you, the believer, have peace with God. It doesn't matter what's, what war is raging on the outside of us. We have a peace that's within us. This peace isn't because of anything we've earned. This peace isn't because of how we set our lives up. This peace doesn't come from money or no money, finances or no finances. This peace doesn't come from your dreams coming true or not coming true. This peace 
This peace isn't given to you or guaranteed to you by any other name. Not even your own best efforts. This peace is because you have faith in Jesus. Lord Jesus. I love it. I love it because, man, I think right now the church needs to understand. She has got to get this loud and clear. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it's scary. Yes, we're seeing a lot of revelation and last times and hours and stuff. And there's a lot of things going on. I get it. There's a lot to rally against. There's a lot to tear down lofty arguments that have raised themselves up against our God. There is so much that, yes, we can consume ourselves with that. Yes, we can fight. Yes, there are things that we should be doing absolutely, okay? There's a lot happening in the world that the church needs to rise up against for sure. But... If you have allowed it to render you peaceless, then I think you need to watch the throne and see who you have placed above you. We have peace through Jesus. If we feel robbed, if we feel ransacked, if we feel run down, if we feel destitute, if we feel peaceless. Who's on the throne of your heart? Paul then goes on to declare that not only is peace offered to us by faith in Jesus, but we get to stand we get to live in, we get to exist in, we get to grow in and flow in and thrive in and change in like a cocoon for a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. By the way, that process absolutely sucks, okay? If you know anything about it, Google it. That's rough for that caterpillar. But you and I, we get to live and exist in this place, not just with great faith, not just with peace in the interim, but we get to stand in grace. Paul says, in grace by which we stand. Some of y'all today, you don't know this, but you need to know you live in and you exist from grace. Did you know that God is wise to you? He let us know early on, yo, bro, I know every hair on your head. You might go, well, I'm bald. I know everything. <laughs> and he just leans out close and he lets you know, no, 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 no. You think you're shifty. You think you're sneaky. Okay? I know everything. But you and I, so often we exist like we're pulling one over on God. We will use and we will abuse and we will completely take advantage of his grace. And here is the amazing part about it, that even though he knows <laughs> that's our character, that's our heart, that's who we are, that's what we do. He knows that we will live in that place of continually stepping out of what he says is best for our life, stepping out in our relationship with him, stepping out in all of these different areas, even though he knows that we will step out on him 
he still empowers us for freedom. Because that's what grace is. Grace is the empowerment to live in freedom. Empowerment to live in victory. Grace is a thing that not only levels out the playing field for you, but it impels you, it propels you forward into victory. And we've obtained that through faith in Lord Jesus. So not only do we have access to great faith, as Paul says, not only do we have access to peace when all is going to hell in a handbasket around us, not only that, but you and I, we live from, exist in, raise our kids in, have marriages in, go through single season with, we do all of these things, we build a great business, we do all of this. Good drum roll. Because of Lord Jesus. There's none but Jesus. Friends, today, this day and age we live in, this culture right now, it is so detrimental to the gospel. It is not even funny. Grace, how many of you know, is not, (laughs) we want to talk about inflation. We want to talk about food shortages. We want to talk about all this other stuff that's going on that we see on the ticker on the bottom of the news. But what is in the lowest commodity perhaps in human history on this earth is grace. Because we live in such a time where you will be disregarded, disparaged, and discarded for your past. You will be discarded, disparaged, and disregarded for your past. Culture lives to cancel. Christians, hear me today. When God had his chance to cancel us, he crucified Jesus. When God had his chance to cancel us, he crucified Jesus. When God had his chance to cancel us, He covered us, amen. Friends, we ain't with the play play. We ain't going the way of the world because with Jesus and with the church, the old man isn't thrown out. The old man is washed away. Come on, somebody. We don't live based off the former you. We live based off the forever Jesus. Oh, I don't think you heard me. Because if you were saved and you understand what God saves you from and more importantly what he saves you for, man, that would get a better reaction. We don't live based off the former you like our society counterpart. We live off the forever Jesus. Amen? Friends, we see it all the time, whether it's the Dave Chappelle business or the Joe Rogan or the whatever. The world is growing tired of cancel culture. Twitter's alive and active burning but the world at large is growing tired of cancel culture and when they finally have had enough after they've devoured one another who is going to be there to be the sweet sound of truth who is going to be there to be the face of truth who is going to be there to be the warm embrace that they need to have when they are coming home from destroying one another who's going to be there you me the church I don't care if anybody else goes with us. We ain't going with cancel culture. We're going with Jesus. He says, you got grace because of me. Literally, Paul in Corinthians says, we show no partiality in the kingdom of heaven. We show no partiality. 
It don't matter what you did, whether you're Saul or you've been Paul. We all bow to the name of Jesus. And so then Paul, <laughs> he says, because of all that, because of the faith, because of the peace, because of the grace of Lord Jesus, you and I, we're able to rejoice. Do I got any rejoicers in the house? Can anybody rejoice right now? Give it up for Jesus. Come on. Because of these things, we are now able to rejoice. We live in a time and place where so many Christians, we're not found rejoicing, instead we're found running. We're not found rejoicing, we are found running. There is so much going on in the world. We're not standing in the church and going, yes, Jesus is king, he is Lord of all. He is still ruling and reigning above everything that's happening down here. The earth is still his footstool and he is high and lifted up. Praise his name. We're not found doing that, instead we're found running but Paul says because of this because of Lord Jesus you don't have to run in fear you can rejoice in faith so many of us we out here running in fear and not rejoicing in faith friends Fear should be as far from the believer as east is from the west. Fear has no place, not in Lord Jesus. Friends, did you know? <laughs> did you know that Jesus never had a hopeless day in his life? Jesus never had a hopeless day in his life because he knew whose he was and what he was. But Christians today, we are found scattering and running we're not running the race set before us. We are running in the opposite direction because the race set before us is one of standing up when we know that we are going to be nailed down. It is one of standing up in society when we know we are going to be crucified. It is one of saying, Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the light. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you think. I don't care where you've been or what your life has looked like. I love you. I'm sorry for the pain and the hurt that you felt, but Jesus is still the truth, the way, and the life. Amen? And instead of rejoicing in faith, we are found running in fear. Friends, if we are running in fear, my question would be, who are you rejoicing in? If we're running in fear, if we're living fear-based lives instead of faith-based lives, I would ask you this morning, who are you rejoicing in? Who have you put at the head of your life? Who have you placed on the throne of your heart? Who has taken what should be rightfully Lord Jesus's space on your life? Because friends, when you start putting other people, places, things, notions, ideas, institutions, whomever, movements, you put that on the throne of your heart where Lord Jesus should be, friends, you will either have the fear of it or the faith of it. Who's on the throne? If Lord Jesus is on the throne, you can rejoice. 
government's on the throne, you're fear shopping. <laughs> Lord Jesus is on the throne, I am worshiping. I am praising. I am rejoicing. I am losing my mind for King Jesus. My wife is on the throne. Finances are on the throne. Sickness is on the throne. Drinking is on the throne. My pride is on the throne. You name it. And if it's not Jesus, you will run in fear instead of rejoice in faith. Because Paul goes on to say this. Paul goes on to say that you can rejoice, not just rejoice, but you can rejoice in your suffering. Woo! No, Pastor Matt, we don't want that. We don't want a message on suffering today. That's not what we came to church for. No, 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 no. Man, I cannot take more suffering in my life. You know, I need a message on victory today. I need a message on crazy faith today. I need a message on relationship goals today. That's what I need. Oh, so what you're saying is you just came to church for dessert? So what you're saying is you just got a sweet tooth instead of a savior tooth? So what you're saying is today that you are just going to treat this whole thing like old country buffet instead of old town church, and you are just going to go straight to the dessert table and pick your cake up when Jesus himself said, man, don't live on cake alone, but on every word that departs from the mouth of God. We rolling up like this is Ponderosa in this mug, and we're going, I want Psalms, and I want Proverbs, and I want the Gospels, and that'll be it for me. I love dessert, but don't get it twisted. Man shall not live on cake alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, including Leviticus. Okay, friends, you can rejoice in your suffering. You may want dessert because it might tickle your ears or make you feel good when you live here, but I'm going to give it to you straight and give you what you need. We didn't come for sweets. We came for meat. Amen? Come on, somebody. I'm a vegetarian. Okay, I'll get you some stiff carrots. What do you want? But we're going to get you some nutrients. Because you need to be able to rejoice in your suffering. We don't want that. We would rather forego that, wouldn't we? As Christians today, we don't want to go through any amount of suffering at all. If we can avoid suffering, we will do it at all costs. God, I just ask for a yield sign that you would just say, hey, caution ahead. Like, I would just, I would like to know if I can go the other way, if I could just pump the brakes and pause, if I could just turn around on this whole thing. And that is how we live our lives. We would rather avoid pain than stay in our lane. We would rather avoid pain then stay in our lane. Friends, if we live this life, we will miss out on some of the things that make us and have the chance to make us the most like Christ we will ever be. Friends, sufferless life does not exist. Suffer-free life does not exist. There are about two people in human history that made it out this world alive. And guess who wasn't one of them? Jesus. At least the first time. Back out the tomb. There is one, there is one, his name is Jesus, 
and he didn't even make it out of this life suffer free and he is the son of God worthy is the lamb to be slain not worthy is the lamb to be suffer free if there was one lamb that was going to have God's heavenly AT&T shout out to my man works at AT&T if he was going to be one if there was going to be one lamb that had heaven's security heaven's protection heaven's leaven if there was going to be one man that was going to be able to do it and make it out scot-free it would have been Lord Jesus but even he suffered friends who's on the throne of your life because you'll suffer well if Jesus is on the throne of your life you see there's this amazing thing that happens when you suffer Paul goes on to say that suffering can produce endurance suffering for Jesus as a Christian Christian suffering produces endurance what is endurance endurance is stamina endurance is a war spirit endurance is the nutrients that you need to finish the race set before you stay in your lane and finish well friends can I submit to you today you ready for this can I submit to you today the oil is worth the pressing the oil is worth the pressing. You will rejoice in your suffering when you understand the oil is worth the pressing. The new wine is worth the crushing. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? The juice is worth the squeeze when you are suffering for Lord Jesus and with Lord Jesus. You see, friends, we would rather forego the oil if we can escape turmoil. We would rather forego the oil, the nutrients that we need, the anointing that we need, the call of God that smothers us and covers us and empowers us to live this life for Jesus and Jesus alone. We would forego the oil if it means we can escape turmoil. Term oil. Term oil. Could it be? Maybe it's not sent by God but it can be saved by God. And there is a term of suffering that will produce oil in the pressing. Term oil, term oil, term oil. Are you picking up what I'm laying down this morning? There is a term of suffering, may not be sent by God, but can be saved by God, that will make the oil worth the pressing. And not only that, that oil, that new wine, that juice, it's worth the squeeze. Paul says, rejoice in your suffering because it will produce endurance for you to run. And that endurance will produce character. Friends, can I submit to you today, you'll have the character and endurance of whoever you place on the throne above your life. 
you will have the endurance and character of whomever you place on the throne above your life. Whomever you sit above you, political party, movement, husband, wife, dreams, career, whomever. Whomever or whatever occupies the throne of your heart, you will have the endurance or the character of, and that's either really good news or really bad news. Because there are not another name but the name of Jesus. There is not another name but the name of Jesus. There's not another name but the name of Jesus that's worth suffering. I'm not going to lay my head down for a lesser name. I'm not going to live and die for a lesser name. There's not another agenda besides heaven's great commission that I am going to give my life for because there is only one who gave their life to me. But we have spent all of the last two years giving our lives for men who can't even die to themselves. What makes you think they can live for you, let alone die for you? Straight facts. No printer. Friends. Worship team, you can make your way up here. Friends. The character that is produced in the pressing. It's not the character of someone who's corrupt. It's not the character of someone who's given to money. It's not the character of someone who's given to lust and immorality. It's not the character of a thief or a liar. When our suffering is rejoiced in with Lord Jesus and Lord Jesus alone, that character, that endurance that's produced is Christ-like. Suffering will either make you the most Christ-like you've ever been or the least Christ-like you've ever been, depending on who you place on the throne of your heart. How are you going to go through it? Because none of us are going to make it out this game alive. Is Lord Jesus going to be at the throne of it all? Or is all these other things going to be what we place on the throne of our lives? Friends, the endurance that it produces and the character of which you grow in will either be Lord Jesus or some lesser Lord that you have placed and deemed fit to sit on his throne alone. You know why people don't rejoice in their suffering? They either don't know why they should or they don't know why they can. But Paul goes on to say, check this out. (laughs) Paul says, while we were still sinners. How can you say that, Paul? How can you tell us that we can rejoice when all of Rome is going to hell in a handbasket? How can you tell me that while my country is going down the toilet? How can you tell me when boys are being called girls and girls are being called boys and there's all these things that are going on, it's falling apart at the seas. How can you tell me, Paul, that I can rejoice in my suffering because while you were still a sinner, 
while you were still at war with God, while you were still betraying him, while you were still his enemy, while you were still as far from him as you possibly could be, he didn't wait for you to turn around before he offered up a sacrifice of his own. Paul says, you can rejoice in the suffering because Jesus suffered first. And not only did Jesus suffer first, he suffered as you and for you and instead of you. And it's because of that that you can have faith, that you can have peace, and you can have grace. While you were still at war with him. Still given to lust, still given to whatever it may be. Still living differently than he says. Still given to lying and thievery still committing murder of Christians, Paul is saying, while I was still at war, literally, warring on Christians, his bride. Do you get the context? Paul made a living off killing Jesus' wife and now builds Jesus' body. rejoice when you know that while you were still far from him, he died for you. You can rejoice that while you go through your suffering, he died for you. You can rejoice at the mountaintop or the valley low when you know on your best day, you were still betraying eternity. See, Paul goes on to say in Romans 16, 17 through 20. Matt, if you want to throw that up on the screen. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, no, but their own appetites and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise to what is good and innocent to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You see, friends, last two years exposed anything about Christians. It's not that Jesus isn't real. It's exposed our extreme need for Jesus. And it's exposed our extreme ununderstanding of what is good and what is evil. See, God determines what's good. God determines what's good. God determines what's good. And God determines what's evil. God determines what's evil. God determines what's evil. And friends, you will either rejoice or you will run based off however wise to good or naive to evil you are. You see, we have so many Jesus followers today. 
haven't been wise to what is good and we haven't been innocent to what is evil. Instead, when suffering came upon us, when it got harder to be a Christian, we didn't run to the church, to the word, to our pastors and our friends and our leaders of the faith. Instead, we were naive and we ran to the smooth talkers and the flirts. We ran to whomever agreed with however we were feeling and friends. Paul says, be wise to these false doctrines that are being taught to you that are contrary to what you've heard from me. I've been with Jesus. But because the doctrines fit our emotions and our feelings and how we felt on any given day, the wrestling that was taking place, we forego the oil to get rid of the turmoil. And we go with like-minded people. Friends, we exchange the gospel of Jesus for a gospel that sounds like me and talks like me and agrees with me. But I don't want a gospel that agrees with me. I want a gospel that changes me. I don't want a gospel that says everything I agree with. I want a gospel that's going to make me more like Jesus. I don't want a gospel that empowers me, Matt McClure, to live my best life. I want a gospel that empowers me, Matt McClure, to live Jesus' life. And Paul says, the God of peace, he will soon crush Satan. In fact, he's going to crush him under your feet. You see, the first church I ever preached in at 16 years old, this little Baptist church, they had a song on their Tuesday night live. It was what they called their youth ministry, TNL. It's a pretty cool name. All right. I thought so. I didn't even know what SNL was. <laughs> but they had a song that they wrote that was, Romans 16, 19 says, Romans 16, 19 says, Be wise to what is good. Be innocent of evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan. God of peace will crush him under your feet. And it was awesome. And I lost my mind. And then I realized that while the war is won, the fight is still on. And there's time for the Satan to still kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10. 10. And if we are not wise to what is good and innocent to what is evil, how can God crush Satan under our feet if we don't know what is below us? Because we're called to walk on grace. We're called to walk in faith. And we are called to live and walk above what is evil. God can't use you to crush what's beneath you if you don't recognize what is beneath you. Would you stand to your feet? So right now, we're going to sing a song called Break Every Chain. Is that correct? We're going to sing Break Every Chain. And I love this song because it 
There are some things that God has said is beneath you, is less than you. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are set above these things. But because we have not been innocent to evil and we've not been wise to what is good, we have been deceived and we have been lied to. And not only have we not recognized what is beneath us, we have allowed what is beneath us to chain us. So much of our suffering has come simply due to ignorance of what God has said is good and what God said is evil. So right now, we're going to see break every chain. And that which is below you, that which has come from below and consumed you and chained you, right now, we are going to have mass deliverance in this room. Every hand is going to be raised. Every tongue is going to confess. Every heart is going to be open to believe. And we are going to say there is none but Jesus. Christ beneath me. Christ beside me. Christ before me. And Christ above me. In Jesus' my name, a faith-filled church said. Amen. Let's worship none but Jesus. Come on.